Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Indians to the Cincinnati Reds nothing. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan. And while local radio is talking about, I don't know, Brown's training camp about to start, I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And what an interesting game we got yesterday in Cleveland. It's the third game of the Ohio Cup Series. We thought that maybe Femi Reyes' home run the day before would wake up this Indians offense. Well, it turns out it didn't. The Indians, like I said, won 2 nothing, Two runs on four hits. For the Cincinnati Reds, nothing on only three hits. So, again, we get another pitching duel between Cincinnati and Cleveland. And pitching for Cleveland, it was Mike Clevenger. He goes five and two-thirds, two hits, no no runs, gives up five walks. Something to keep an eye on. And four strikeouts. And then the bullpen comes in and really slams the door shut. We got Leon, Perez, Karinchek, and Hand. For the Reds, they pitched their butts off as well. They uh, started Antone. It was his first major league start. He goes four and a third, two hits, one earned run, four walks, four strikeouts. And he was pitching pretty good for those four innings. It was that fifth inning that where trouble began. And I will tell you that he gave that runner to someone else. So Lorenzen came in from the bullpen, bullpen, inherited that runner, and that's when the run scored. So the run didn't score while Antone was on the mound. However, the run is credited to him because he put Luplo on base. And uh, the Reds' bullpen pitched pretty good after that. Like it, This whole game came down to the fifth inning. And we'll get there because there's a few innings before that where the Indians were dancing around in a little bit of trouble. And Mike Clevenger was able to pitch himself out of some jams. Sandy Leone was able to throw out of some jams from behind the plate. So uh, they were really kind of dancing a tightrope all night, you know. And you'll hear the term battling all the time, right, in baseball. Oh, the guy was out there battling. What you saw from Mike Clevenger last night literally was battling. And he made it through. He made it through his, you know, five, almost six innings and battled for this team and, and got them where they needed to to win. So the first bit of trouble they get into is in the top of the second. He gets a line out. Jesse Winker singles. Nick Senzel reaches on catcher interference, which is always a very rare play. You don't see that too often. Then there was a uh, ball that Clevenger spiked, and it jumped up and hit Leon in the chest, and the runners tried to advance. Leon pops out of a stance, fires it actually back to Santana, because the runner Nick Senzel was kind of caught up and didn't know whether he should advance or go back. He tries to go back. He fires the ball to Santana. Santana fires it to Lindor, who plates the tag on really short pickle, not much of a rundown, and then Winker can't advance from third and try to score. So they were able to get the out there. And then Clevenger strikes out Van Meter to end the threat. So walking a tightrope there, some interesting things happen, and they get that out. Then we get into even more trouble in the top of the third. He walks Freddie Galvis to start the inning. He gets a fly out, but then Akiyama doubles off the wall. It was a it was a good hit from Akiyama, that classic opposite field approach. Luplo gets the ball in really quick, though, so we hold Freddie Galvis at third. 
Then, facing the two best hitters in the Reds lineup with runners on second and third, he gets Castellanos to pop out to first base in foul territory, and then gets Joey Votto to fly out weakly to left field and ends the threat. So, like I said, they were really walking a tightrope there in the second and third. In the bottom of the third, the Indians threaten. Now, this one, this one makes me so mad. Top of the third, Sandy Leon walks. Oscar Mercado pops out. Cesar Hernandez walks. Jose Ramirez singles on a, a weak pop-up behind shortstop, but it drops in, a bloop hit. And Jose Ramirez's swing, he looks like he's uppercutting a lot. I feel like Jose Ramirez, even though he started off so hot, right, he was batting like 400 with an over 1,000 OPS. He's cooled off. I, he might be slumping too. And it looks like there's just this weird uppercut to his swing, like way, way too trying to elevate the ball way too hard. And I want to see Jose Ramirez get back to hitting line drives because these bloops are not going to fall. But he gets this one to fall, and we load the bases with one out for our all-star, for the the face of the franchise, right, Francisco Lindor, the guy who wants a $400 million contract, a $500 million contract when his rookie deal is done, when he's done with arbitration. That guy, the guy we're supposed to depend on, Gets down in the count 0-2, has to swing at a high 97-mile-per-hour fastball, weakly grounds it to second base, and the Reds easily turn a double play. I was walking the dog listening to this on the radio and audibly yelled an F-bomb because I was so frustrated by this Indian's offense at that point. Lindor, I mean, if you want to be a $400 million player, got to deliver in these situations and believe me i know all the 400 million dollar players out there right now not all of them are delivering so i know how those contracts go but it was it was disappointing to say the least however it comes back around again in the bottom of the fifth we said yesterday let's see if we can get to that reds bullpen well bottom of the fifth we get to that reds bullpen antone starts the inning he walks luplo He gets Sandy Leone to ground out to first base. Votto kind of had to charge in on it and then get back to the bag and really couldn't throw. Luplo made it to second. They go to the bullpen. They bring in Lorenzen. He walks Mercado. And then Cesar Hernandez takes a great opposite field approach, singles through the gap between short and third. It brings in Luplo. Akiyama makes a strong throw, but it's offline. Even if it was online, it would have been a really close play. Luplo is not known as a speed guy, but he ran. He runs pretty good, I gotta say. He really was aggressive coming around third base, and he scores on a head first slide. First run of the game, RBI for Cesar Hernandez. It was a huge play to finally get on the board and support Mike Clevenger and the battling he's been doing. And then, here's the crazy play. Here's the fun play. I couldn't believe this. I was holding my breath. So Jose Ramirez grounds out Grounds out, grounds into a force out. Freddie Galvis at short, throws it to second base, Josh Van Meter. Van Meter fakes a throw to first. Oscar Mercado, who is on second to start the play, just keeps running. Hits third base, doesn't hesitate, full speed. He's coming home. Van Meter fakes a throw to first, thinking he would get Mercado to hesitate. Fires home to Barnhart. Then 
Oscar Mercado slides wide of home plate and sticks his hand out and is able to tap the back corner of the plate. His slide goes wide of Barnhart's tag, and he's safe at home for the second run of the game. It was crazy. It was It's the kind of thing where you're yelling at a guy, no, and then yes, because it was if he didn't do that perfect slide, that wide slide where you stick your hand on the plate, it actually reminds me a lot of the movie Major League and the way Willie Mays Hayes slid into home, where he slid wide and just caught the corner of the plate. So huge base running from Oscar Mercado, huge base running from Jordan Luplo too. So a really aggressive inning for the Indians, and they're able to get two runs across. And with one hit, they're able to get those two runs across with one hit. Lindor did single after that, but then Santana grounds out to end the threat. And that was it for your Indians offense. That was really the highlight for your Indians offense. In the sixth inning, Clevenger gets into a little bit more trouble. Castellanos walks. Joey Votto flies out. Then, this was a fun one. Sandy Leone fired a ball back to first base in a pickoff attempt. And Castellanos sliding back to the bag inadvertently got caught up with Santana's foot, couldn't really get his hand back to the bag, and Santana's able to slap the tag down, and uh, Leon's able to pick him off. And they did challenge this play, but the call was upheld, I guess, maybe because Santana didn't, you know, on purpose block the bag. You know, he inadvertently, he just, he caught the ball, and that's where his foot landed as he was turning the tag. So I think the umpires let him get away with it. But uh, Castellanos was not happy about it. But Sandy Leon, again, that's his second runner that he's kind of picked off in this game. So big game from him. Like I said, he really helped get Clevenger out of some jams. He then walks Eugenio Suarez. They have a mound visit. They talk. He then walks Jesse Winker. They have another mound visit. They bring in Dominic Leon, and he strikes out Nick Senzel with a breaking ball down in the dirt to end the threat. So huge, huge inning for the bullpen to come in and save Clevenger and get out of that inning and hold the lead for the Indians. So like I said, the bullpen pitched great. The next interesting thing is the top of the eighth. We talked about would they go back and forth, Karinchek or Hand, would who would pitch the ninth now, who would pitch the eighth, uh, you know, would it be lefties that would influence this or righties up to bat that would influence this? Well, I, I don't know if this is, you know, what was going through Sandy Alomar's head or you know, Carl Willis's head, but I got to imagine that because it was the top of the lineup, I want to say that Karen Sheck was in there because it was the top of the lineup, because he would have to go through Castellanos, because he would have to go through jo- Joey Votto. Maybe it's a situation where they're saying, Karinchek is our nastiest pitcher right now, and I want him in there facing their nastiest hitters. We'll have to see how they keep playing this, because it's going to be interesting. You know, if it's the bottom of the lineup, is Karinchek going in there, or are they saving him for the best hitters? Anyways, Karinchek comes in, he strikes out Philip Irvin, who was pinch hitting for Akiyama, and then he Castellanos singles on a line drive to Bradley Zimmer, Cassianos is a good hitter. He's got a hit streak going. And then Joey Votto grounds into a double play. And easy Cesar Hernandez to Jose Ramirez. That's right. Jose Ramirez was covering because of the way the defense was aligned. It was easier for him to get to the bag. I know it's a little bit strange to see 
uh, Francisco Lindor just hanging out behind him watching this thing go down. But it was just because of the alignment. Jose Ramirez to Carlos Santana, and they double up the Reds to end really the last threat. Brad Hand was pretty solid in the ninth. He strikes out Eugenio Suarez. He gets Davidson to fly out to center. And then he strikes out Kirk Asali looking on a backdoor slider. He actually struck out Suarez on an inside fastball. So it's good to see him really locating that fastball again. The fastball had life. The slider had break. It was, it was a good inning from Brad Hand. And that's how the Indians end the game They go up two games to one on the Cincinnati Reds in the Ohio Cup. Oh, that great Ohio Cup series. And uh, they guarantee that the trophy will stay in Cleveland because the only thing Cincinnati could do is split the series at this point. And they move uh, move over 500. They're back to 7-6 on the season. And they're still in third place because they played one more game than the White Sox. The White Sox are seven and five. So they're still technically in third place, but they move back over 500 and the twins are going to be hard to catch. The twins are 10 and two. They have the plus 30 run differential still. Their run differential just keeps climbing. The Dodgers are still at plus 33 run differential though. So the Dodgers are still pacing the Minnesota twins when it comes to that. Uh, As far as the box score goes, when you're only getting four hits, it's not going to look very great. But the Indians were able to draw six walks and only strike out seven times. So you know what? It's not that bad. The the Reds also walked six times but struck out nine times. So Cesar Hernandez got on base three times, a hit and two walks. So that's huge. He's the only guy, though, to get on base multiple times. So... I mean, it's good to see that these guys are getting on base, that they're working the walks. And, I mean, obviously with walks and aggressive base running, you could do some damage. And if that's the way they got to do it right now, then that's the way they got to do it right now. But nothing else too impressive. Nobody else got on base multiple times except for Cesar Hernandez. So that's why I'm giving my MVP for a day to Oscar Mercado for the base running. Like, if if the base running is what's going to win it, then Oscar Mercado definitely gets credit for his aggressive turnaround third on that ground ball and trying to score the great slide. MVP for a day goes to Oscar Mercado. Even though he did not light up the box score, he's my guy today. So there you go. That is what went down last night in Cleveland. And... In case you're feeling, you know, frustrated with this Indians offense, like let's let's put things in perspective. Let's look at these team offensive numbers compared to the rest of the league cuz maybe it's this situation where in this short season, pitching is just dominating the hitting. Maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe we can, you know, give the Indians the benefit of the doubt that everybody's offense is struggling. Well, When we look at team batting average and for the 2020 season, and I don't know if this includes yesterday's game or not, I'm on baseball reference and they don't really have the time frame. They just have the 2020 season. Batting, a team batting average of 183, your Cleveland Indians rank worst in the entire league, dead last behind Texas, Pittsburgh, Arizona, all batting under 200. But like we said, they're getting on base, right? Maybe maybe their on-base percentage is looking better than their batting average. And 
It is slightly. It's 282. That puts them at one, two, three, four, five, sixth from the bottom, sixth worst in the league. How about OPS, right? OPS is the key number now, the key thing we're looking at. OPS of 551, second to last, only behind Arizona. If you know about OPS Plus, so this is a scale. Anytime you have that plus there, you're always looking at the average. The league average will always be set to 100. And if you're above 100, you're doing great. If you're below 100, you're not doing so great. Like the New York Yankees are at 134 OPS Plus as a team. That's amazing. The Chicago White Sox are at 126 OPS Plus. Your Cleveland Indians are at 56 OPS Plus. That is bottoming out. Arizona is the worst team at 51 OPS plus. So it is not looking good. I mean, everything offensively is bad. Home runs, they've only hit eight as a team. They're six worse in home runs. How about strikeouts? Strikeouts, they're pretty high. They have 109 team strikeouts. One, two, three, four, five, six from the top. So that's not good. You don't want to be towards the top on that list. So the offensive numbers are bad. They are as bad as we thought they were. And uh, my brother Steve chimed in with a question for the show. He said, at what point do you think Tito slash Sandy, because, you know, whoever's managing it, we'll see when Tito comes back, would shuffle the lineup just to try to wake up the offense? What could they do differently with the lineup? And I love this question. It's something that I was thinking about. Here's the first thing I'm doing. I know we talked in those preseason games about how much we wanted Francisco Lindor hitting third, how great it was, how he was driving in RBIs, and he was in Pittsburgh, but he's not in this season. So let's get Francisco Lindor back to the mindset that he's had that's made him a perennial all-star, that's made him a $400 million future player. Let's put Francisco Lindor back in the leadoff spot. Let's have Cesar Hernandez bat second. Uh, if you want to shuffle around, let's put Jose Ramirez third. Let's move Ramil Reyes up to fourth. Why not? Why not put the big guy where he should be hitting if he was having success? If he was being as successful as we hope Ramil Reyes will be for the rest of his Indians career, he's going to be that vaunted fourth hitter that hits home runs. So let's just put him there. Let's move Carlos Santana down to fifth. I know it's small details. Maybe it takes the pressure off Santana. Maybe he doesn't feel like he's got to hit home runs in the fifth hole. And then the bottom of the lineup, I don't know. I I guess I still keep Bradley Zimmer sixth or Domingo Santana, whoever's out there that day. I'm still batting Mercado ninth. I like Mercado batting ninth. I like him right there before the lineup turns over. So that is how I would shuffle the lineup. Let's get Francisco Lindor batting leadoff again and see if that brings a level of comfort, a different approach, and maybe that's what sparks this offense. So there you go. Those are my thoughts on the day. Coming up tomorrow, it's Carlos Carrasco against Luis Castillo for the Reds. And uh, he's kind of a veteran pitcher at this point for the Reds. He's in his fourth season with them. And last year, he had 10.67 Ks per nine innings to only 3.73 walks. And he's at 12.75 in this short season so far. So uh, I have a feeling that the Indians are going to have their work cut out for them to not strike out, to keep getting on base, and to make something happen against Castillo. 
it might not be as easy to get to the bullpen against Castillo as it was against Antone. So we'll see with this Indians offense. He's a right-handed pitcher, so we know the lefties will be in there. Is he going to give Jordan Luplo another chance against a right-handed pitcher like he has the last two nights? Because Luplo still doesn't have a hit on the season. In fact, they won't even put up the graphic that his batting average is zero, even though his batting average is zero. They put it up as 0 for 17, 0 for 18. And I'm like, oof, we all know that means zero. So we will see what the Indians do with their lineup to face Castillo. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final last night from Cleveland. It's your Cleveland Indians 2, your Cincinnati Reds nothing. We'll be back tomorrow to cover the finale of the Ohio Cup Series. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Let me know your thoughts on the game, just like my brother Steve did, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show, and we'll play them back on the air. Respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.